0: Every transition is an opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: We see transitions many times. It's like, oh no, you know, what's God doing with me and all that. But every part of it is God ordained if we're following Jesus, right? So if you feel called to the workplace or you feel called to grad school, whatever it is, it is a, it is a. And if you're following Jesus, then it's going to be a good thing. So I always start off with saying, hey man. Best is yet to come. There's nothing in the Bible that says you're going backwards. <laughs> Everything the Bible is meant yeah. to move you on from glory to glory. So it's gonna look different, gonna feel different, but what do we do? Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for him and his purposes in the
1: earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode.
0: Well, hey, everybody. This is Jimmy again. It's just been a joy to do this Passion and Purpose podcast. I've been having so much fun meeting with friends and just talking about the kingdom. And I have with me today Travis Nicholson. And uh, we've just been spending the weekend talking about Jesus and leadership and the kingdom. And uh, Travis is a great question asker. So I thought it'd be great today if Travis introduced himself and kind of
1: he and I had our little dialogue continued about leadership. Yeah. Welcome, Travis. Thanks, Jimmy. Good to be on. And yeah, so we've just been talking about my own personal transition of the yep. past seven years. I've been in full-time ministry. I helped plant the church in Raleigh, Yep. moved to Waco, was on staff with Antioch Waco for a year and a half. And then for the past six, seven, eight months, I've been here helping launch Antioch, D.C. Yep. And I recently made a transition where now I'm a full-time grad student and going to George Washington University, and at the same time, maintaining leadership and continuing to help the the Antioch D.C. Church here. Mm-hmm. And so just interested on your advice on how do I do this transition well? How have you seen mm-hmm. people uh, handle the transitions of their life and do it well, staying connected to Jesus?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could say that everybody does it well, you know, but I think that transitions are tough for people because... Um, you kind of get habits and, um, you know, ways of doing things and you get rolling, especially when it comes to community and discipleship and all that. And then the, the life stage changes and you find yourself a bit out of sorts and you got to, but I always say you have to uh, redo the process every time you transition. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you find yourself kind of flailing a little bit. Um, but, but as I was thinking about, as we were talking about it a couple nights ago, you know, um, every transition is an opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: We see transitions many times. It's like, oh, no, you know, what's God doing with me and all that. But every part of it is God ordained if we're following Jesus, right? So if you feel called to the workplace or you feel called to grad school, whatever it is, it is a, it is a, and if you're following Jesus, then it's going to be a good thing. So I always start off with saying, hey, man, best is yet to come, there's nothing in the Bible that says you're going backwards. <laughs> Everything the Bible is meant yeah. to move you on from glory to glory, so it's gonna look different, gonna feel different, but what do we do? And, um, uh, you know, just on the broad sense, we often talk about this uh, teaching or this research that Bobby Clinton did on transitions of life and kind of they, they surveyed literally thousands upon thousands of believers in every part of industry, in full-time ministry, and they kind of did this journey about, hey, what were the key transitions? What was God doing at each season in your life? And so here's, here's the breakdown real quick. Zero to 17 is our sovereign years. So you had nothing to do with it. Basically, where you went to school, whether you had a religion or not, who your parents were or were not, kind of some of the different traumas and or successes, your gifts and all that. Some A lot of that stuff, zero to 17, you didn't have much to do with then they then they, they would say, okay, so a lot of people come to Jesus during that time. Then the next transition is kind of 18 to 30 years old, and I have found it to be true. These kind of continuums are true, even in the secular world, actually. So you kind of got those development years. 18 to 30, we often think about, I'm ready to go change the world. I'm ready to go do this, that, or the other. And man, we encourage people, go for it, believe you can change the world, Get, you know, take your risk. I mean, what risk is there as a 20-year-old or 22-year-old if you sold everything and lived among the poor or went to northern India or whatever? There's just no risk really involved because God is with you and you're learning. And so that 18 to 30 stage is all about character development and it's about skills development. And so, whether you feel called to be in a business situation, you're going to learn character and you're going to learn skills. Don't don't get uptight, right? Just walk with Jesus and learn what He's teaching you. Or if you if you feel, hey, I just have a desire to go to northern India, hey, if you feel the green light, take off, go be a part of that. But remember, it's not the decision for your rest of your life. It's a decision for that next step because God's at work shaping your character and also teaching you skills. You find out what you're good at, what you're not good at. I had one friend that told me this. I was, I was about 20, and I was going through some trials, tough times. And, I, and I, I asked this older gentleman, I said, you know, it just seems like everywhere I turn, there's trials. And I'm really trying to follow Jesus. And he said, if you don't have trials in your 20s, there's no ministry for you in your 30s or 40s. And I was like, whoa, okay, Lord, I'm not asking for a lot of trials, just the ones that I need, <laughs> you know, to be what you want me to be. So I think if we see that way, if you're listening to this podcast and you're 18 to 30 years old, hey, don't get uptight about what we call the pinhead of God's will. Like, am I doing exactly Mm. what I need to be doing, the perfect place, the perfect location? Just what is God teaching you right now? And are you embracing character development? Are you learning how to... Honor authority and, and learning how to trust God when things don't work out the way you want. And and you know what always happens in those those uh, development, that character development side? Hey, people disappoint you. You have to learn how to forgive from the heart. And uh, and then you say, Well, golly, I don't feel like I'm in my sweet spot in my job, or I don't feel like I'm in my sweet spot in ministry. Hey, then then try something else. Try keep trying different things till mm-hmm. you find out what God has made you to be. Yeah. Now The reason I actually go through this is you and I were talking, you know, you just turned 30 or 31. You're just in that next phase. And they say 30 to 50 is what they call um, your contribution years. And so what that means is what I've learned, if we learned you know, our, our character lessons and we tried out our skills, then we're turning a corner now like, all right, these next 20 years, I want to take the best of what I know about the Lord. I want to take the best of what I know and my skills and I want to say, Lord, where can I best be used for your glory? And boom, we're we're starting to make more of a significant mm-hmm. contribution. And that's where a lot of people throw the 20-year card. Like, hey, I'm going to throw a 20 year card. That doesn't mean God doesn't move people in that, those transitions. It just means in my heart, I'm going to go this direction and I'm going to contribute with all my heart and I'm going to trust God. And, um, you know, and I'm excited about, I'm excited about your own journey. I mean, this is, I really believe kind of this business and consulting will both help the people in the church and the people, you know, in the world, because people need kingdom value people. And and that's a part of your gifting, your calling. And then most people are, are 15 and over, aren't listening to this podcast. So I'll just quickly <laughs> say 50 to 70 is what they call convergence. It's where all that 20 years of contribution you do uh, less things, but more diligently, you know, like your kind of gifts and skills all come together for more impact. And then the, the joke is, you know, 70 plus is legacy years where you can just say, beloved, love one another, and everybody just falls under <laughs> conviction and weeps before God because yeah. you've walked with God all these years. But but backing up, um, we talked specifically about transitions that happen when, hey, I was so gung ho in college. I went out and got my first job. I'm a young adult. And it just doesn't seem that I'm that engaged as I once was. What I find is when people um, start dealing with real life, they tend to pull back. But if you pull out, you'll get washed out. I mean, the enemy is just waiting for you to pull out of community, pull out of the values of the kingdom of evangelism, discipleship, pull out of being vulnerable with people. Hey, I'm a young adult now and I've got this thing going on and I don't need that anymore and I did, did that in college or, or I was on church staff one time or I did the missions thing. Now I'm do, doing the real life stuff. Let me tell you something, real life will hit you with a vengeance and be merciless if you, if you pull yourself away from the flock of God. Mm-hmm. My deal to young adults is man, pressing the community like never before now take your newfound skills and resources and everything, and say, "All right, how can I contribute at the next level?" Mm-hmm. Um, as a young adult, you're now among communities of unbelievers that you really had very little opportunity to be around, and maybe some of your development, you know, uh, uh, Christian, you know, development years where you were in the in a little closer to the community of God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think instead of seeing it as you know, oh, real life's hit, and now I'm you know, gonna just kind of pull into myself and do my own thing. Man, look at it as an opportunity of a lifetime to mm-hmm. start engaging people like never before. So those are those are a few little thoughts. Uh, you know, ask me another question. We were talking a little bit about all this transition and we kind of got into some calling issues. Yeah,
1: so something I've been really praying about recently is what is my calling? What is right. that unique yeah. thing that God has called me to, That those gifts that he's given me? But I thought what you said was really profound, the difference between a calling and an assignment.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so here's what's interesting. You know, um, just like little steps of obedience create a trajectory of mm-hmm. God's leadership in our lives. So the same thing about what is my assignment for this season of my life and am I doing what God's called me to do? So for an example, it would have been, hey, when I'm in college, uh, I'm trying to start a life group. Um, reach people for Jesus in my classes and uh, develop a character that'll last. Okay, that's your assignment. So you don't have to be obsessed with, will I end up on Wall Street? Will I end up being significant, you know, in wherever in the world or whatever? You just say, all right, what's my assignment right now in this season? So the reason I've kind of always broken life down to actually thirds of the year, you know, just kind of the semester things. I've got the fall, I've got the spring, I've got the summer, and I've always done these little check-ins with God. What is my assignment for this semester? Now, again, I plan out 18 months. I plan out five years. I've got the bigger plans of God, the best I know, but it's those assignments that actually get me even to the bigger plan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people say, um, they're in business, they say, you know, I want to be running my own business that generates a million dollars in income that I can then resource the kingdom of God by the time I'm 40. Okay. All right. So that's one thing, especially if you feel like it's God, if you prayed about it. But then the, the only way to get there is to say, what's my assignment now? And God may say, I need you to go be a janitor at this particular company. So you understand that what that means, or I need you to go Uh, serve somebody else for a season. All these pieces work together uh, as we are true to our assignment. So as we were talking the other night, you know, I was saying, okay, as a grad student now and as a leader in this community in Washington, D.C., and who is your sphere of influence? What has God called you to do? And just focus on that. And then when you're looking to all right, it's now time to get an internship in consulting, and now it's time to you know apply what I'm learning and all that. That'll take care of itself. But what I find with most people is most people um, don't ultimately fulfill the will of God in their lives because they're not willing to do the assignment of the present. Mm. We're preferring the future mm. in the hope of what could be instead of the assignment of the now. Yeah. And sometimes those excitement assignments are thrilling, and sometimes they're really challenging, but I think that's always a great question to ask the Lord at the beginning that's of good. every semester, if you will, or every part of that year, yeah. fall, spring, and summer, what's my assignment? Am I rightly aligned am i all all in, and then I can trust God to put the pieces together
1: yeah. uh, for the future question with that who who is someone you've seen? Do this well because we can talk about theory, uh-huh. but in practicality, who's someone you've seen go through the various transitions of life, and who's been a good example or role model of this? Yeah, you know, I um, I, I think there's a there's a lot of people in our
0: community uh, who have done this, who've embraced it. You know, I don't think that any of us do it perfectly. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the first thing I'll say. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is there's people who've done it well because they have kept seeking Jesus and his kingdom Mm -hmm. and stay close to the people of God, the church. I just did a podcast with Chris Delanier and Mm -hmm. um, I'm so proud of Chris and many of that group. Uh, There's a couple of doctors, you know, uh, Freeland and Rusty and different friends who are in our community who are in their middle of their careers now, but are seeking Jesus in the kingdom first and they are pulling into community instead of away from community. Mm. And they're trying to say, how do I take my assignment now as a doctor or a business person or um, whatever? And how do I stay in the game for Jesus and his kingdom? So they're helping me with stuff uh, locally. Hey, how in Waco, Texas do we affect the kingdom of God? How do we nationally see the kingdom of God come through that this gift or this sphere that God's called me to? Another guy that I would be amiss to not mention in the podcast is a guy named Rick Tullis. And Rick, businessman in town. He's on the school board. He's been engaged with us from the beginning. He and his wife were in our original life group that Laura and I started right before we planted the church. And uh, just dear, dear friend. And again, once again, it's seeking first the kingdom, stay pushing into community instead of away from community, and just staying with the values of the kingdom and keep working it out. Uh, I don't think that the victory goes to the flashy. It goes to the faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I'm proud of those guys as well as many others. Yeah.
1: Great. That's very helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, this conversation is one that kind of never ends, right? Yeah. And so what I always encourage people to do is um, it says that a man or a woman's gift makes room for them and brings them mm-hmm. before great men. He who is faithful little is rule over much that obedience is better than sacrifice. So in all those scriptures, you have very simple steps, and that is, God, am I fully obedient today on my character, on what the assignment is, and am I doing it with all my heart, number one? Am I being faithful to even the faithless around me? So even if everybody else isn't, I'm being faithful because I am highly motivated to be a setup for the future where God has for me. And then you know just that 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 whole idea of, and then surely I will trust you to make a way for me. I won't have to make a way for myself. Uh, I don't mean that not be diligent, but I would rather have what God's giving me rather than what I'm taking from the world yeah. and um yeah, and so whether that trajectory, as I said, uh, is a call um to the nations of the earth as a full time vocational missionary or whether that is a full-time, called-by-God business person, it's all the same in the kingdom. And actually, if everybody doesn't view it that way, then we will live less instead of more. And God's called us to live above and beyond what we could ask or think. So there we go. So that's that's a wrap for today. And I hope that helps a lot of people because I know that so many of us are in this same journey together. So grace, grace to us all. Amen.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in to
0: this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.